Hello, listener. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode number 86. How you doing? What's going on? Happy Saturday. Happy February. We had about 12 days of gray weather and rain, and the sun is out today, which is really nice. It's 30 degrees, so I mean, you know, it's not like going to go out there in our bathing suits or anything, but it's nice to see the sun. Uh, I've missed it. I've missed it. I'm not the goth I once was, I guess. That's not true. I'm still the goth. But, you know, even goths need the sun. Uh, Michael G. Raz, goddamn the sun. (laughs) Notwithstanding, that's the word I was looking for. I couldn't remember the word notwithstanding. Yeah, what's going on in your life? Things are doing all right here in Chatham County, North Carolina. Uh, Big day today. Let's see. uh, One day, 351, which I guess means next time I talk to you guys, it'll have been one year of quarantine. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, a year. I've had a pretty good year. I mean, it's been exhausting emotionally. There's been a lot of bad stuff that's happened. No shortage of bad stuff, both personally and and the rest of the world, but if you told me I would be in this uh, mental, physical, emotional state after a year of quarantine, I would have not believed you. I would have thought things are going to be a lot worse. So I guess that's something, right? That's something. Yeah. <laughs> so much rain, though. So much rain. But yeah, it's going well. Uh, let's see some Chatham County stuff. We got our new recycling stickers. Very exciting. You got to have a sticker in your car to go to the collection area to drop off your recycling. And uh, they issue a new one once a year. That was the first taste of Chatham County when we moved here. We tried to go drop off some recycling and they're like, you need a sticker. And we're like, we just moved here. How do you get one? They're like, you got to go to the dump. And we went to the dump and I walked in and there's these two like deep rednecks just literally talking about coon hunting. And I was like, oh my God, where did we move? But I've never really experienced rednecks at that level since. Uh, so, you know, uh, they mail it to you once you live here and I, I went and it came with this hilarious, like piece of paper. That's like, you can only recycle 20 cans of paint on hazardous waste day, 20 cans maximum. If you have more paint than that, paint something. (laughs) Apparently people try to throw to often try to throw away more than 20 cans of paint, which it kind of makes sense. Like when we got the house, it came with like 10 cans of paint and then we painted a bunch of stuff and then we have, you know, even more cans of paint. And I guess if you repaint your house, you no longer need all the collection of older colors. But it's really kind of shocking to me. It happened so much that they needed to, like, uh, put in a notice with the annual sticker. I thought that was pretty crazy. Uh, Janet, my mother-in-law, she got vaccinated. First dose. Uh, I think she got Pfizer, actually. I'm not... Yeah, I think Pfizer. Uh, But that's pretty exciting. Uh, You know, our quarantine has been unusually strict a lot because of uh, her... She's got some pre-existing conditions that we wanted to be extra careful about. Um, I doubt we'll be less careful after she gets the second shot, which is a month away anyway. But it's nice. It's nice to know that she got it. Uh, I don't think any of us are getting it anytime soon, but I'm happy. My mother and my mother-in-law are vaccinated now, so all the elderly people in my life are at least one dose in. My mom got her second last week. 
So that's good. Uh, I switched to grocery delivery because I'm sick of going to Harris Teeter because that place sucks. Um, yeah, this is an anti-Harris Teeter podcast now. A year into the pandemic and they still don't have Apple Pay or any contactless payment. Pretty sweet. Uh, they have really terrible social distancing. There's a Starbucks in the front of the store that like just everybody crowds around. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's lots of little things that pile up. I just don't like that place, but they do have delivery online and I have to go there because they got stuff. They don't have the other places. My, my, my mother-in-law eats this special yogurt. Look with your special yogurt. Uh, so yeah, now I don't have to go there anymore. We've done it two weeks and it's been fantastic. There's like some mix ups. I forget to add things to the list. You got to do it on Friday for Tuesday delivery and you can like kind of change the list across like after you've got your place in line, but it's really clunky UI to do that. And, uh, you know, they don't often have everything, which is fine because I'm still going to the recycling center and then a quick trip to trip to Walmart. That's my one trip out of the house a week. And then I get at Walmart anything we didn't get in our delivery order, but things fall through the cracks and and there's way too much packaging, you know, it's like plastic bags, paper bags, just bags everywhere. And I've got to be like, use fewer bags, use fewer bags, but it doesn't seem to help. <laughs> and I feel really bad about it, but, uh, I've been, you know, digging more into recycling. I got a new shredder coming for cardboard and my current shredder isn't good enough for cardboard. So the cardboard's going to start going in the compost pile. That's pretty exciting. I was hoping to have that here by today so I could put it into my weekly gardening video that I've started doing, but it didn't show up. Yep. Uh, and then I'm going to try and figure out how to shred some plastic. I've been watching a lot of like uh, HDPE recycling videos of plastic and, uh, yeah, I'm getting there. Not quite yet, but I'm, I'm fed up with all the waste in the, with my life and I'm trying to get it to like, basically almost nothing leaves the property is my goal. We'll see. I'm not very far along on that one. Uh, and then, yeah, you know, uh, that's about it. It's going, going well in our, in our County. My, my daughter Jane is doing great. Uh, she's got a rash on her bum. It's a bit of a pain. It hurt for a few days. Seems to be a little bit better today. I'm trying to use this opportunity to have her go like diaperless and you know, continue on her potty training journey, <laughs> which she is not super gung ho about. Uh, but we're trying. And uh, other than that, she's doing pretty well. Uh, she talks a lot and she's learning words all the time. She days of the week are fine. Weekends. Uh, <laughs> lots of things I taught her and whatnot the other day so now she says and whatnot <laughs> have some things to eat and whatnot <laughs> make me really happy uh she's cute she's great I like her a lot it's my night to watch her tonight uh we're gonna watch some Adam Savage uh she's gonna do some coloring we got a new game called under the covers <laughs> it has very specific rules uh, basically it's like blanket tents. She didn't, you know, she's just discovering blanket tents. So I get under the covers and make a blanket tent with my head and shoulders and knees. And then she crawls in and then she has to bring the animals in. And then she just goes under the covers, daddy and Jane are under the covers, kitty and daddy and Jane are under the covers. And it's super cute. And I really like it. It's good to have her around. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I'm starting to think if this pandemic goes on a lot longer, it's going to start to have an impact on her life. She's definitely advancing fine in her learning, but she hasn't seen another kid in a year and she doesn't really things like potty training, things like you would pick up at daycare that other kids do. She's not picking up, you know? So, but I'm going to be sad. Like once this is all over and I, I think we'll probably send her to daycare once the pandemic's over and uh, everybody's vaccinated. And then like, I don't know, it's going to be rough. I don't know. I, uh, I'll be relieved, but I will also be sad. 
the cats are doing well. Uh, Roy, the black cat, he really likes my new, my office, my studio, and he comes in here all the time, and I, it's awesome. Uh, he's he's just pretty snuggly with me, but not tons yet. But he's you know he's generally okay. Keely, who is my favorite, the calico, she does not like me at all. <laughs> and it's very sad because I really liked her. We have an estranged relationship right now. She's a little bit shyer. She doesn't, you know, wander around the whole house as much. But they have the run of the house now. Uh, we still put them up in their room for the nighttime. But during the day, they wander around everywhere. I came down here just now to do the podcast, and there was Roy sitting on my floor. It's nice. It's nice having cats. I like it. I like having little animals and little things, little things running around. It, it fills your house with life. I sound like a hippie, but it's nice in this pandemic, you know? Uh, diet's going garbage. I'm maintaining, and I'm down about 14 pounds for the whole diet, which I guess isn't garbage. It's only late February. That averages out to two pounds a week. It's, you know, more. It's not bad. But it is very sort of stalled, which is a bummer. But, you know, I mean, because of the rain and I haven't been getting a lot of exercise, I get, you know, I go up and down the stairs, stuff like that. But I don't, I don't have a Peloton. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't have any of that stuff. I don't do anything. So I guess getting through a winter without gaining weight is what I will count a win. And uh, hopefully I can start walking again soon. I would walk tonight if it wasn't my night with Jane. Uh, she doesn't like, well, she, she does like going out. So maybe I will walk with her. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, work is going great. Uh, it's 10 year anniversary this week. Time hop has been in existence for 10 years. It's pretty crazy. I've been around since the beginning, but you know, just sort of a, an observer at first. I remember I knew Jonathan when he built time hop. I didn't know Benny. And then, uh, not long after they came up to Boston and they were doing like a little meet and greet and you know, Hey, we're, we're here. I think they shouted out on Foursquare and I was at a bar nearby with my friend, Doug Pfeffer. I was like, let's go meet these guys. And because Doug and I, Doug had built a, a product called last night's check-ins. It was really great as a little like annotate your Foursquare check-ins to remind you what happened. It was kind of a journaling tool. I loved it. I was addicted. I was probably the only user, but I loved it. And so I had this whole like idea. I would get it into Foursquare or uh, time op was called Foursquare and seven years ago at that point. And uh, so I, you know, I brought Doug and we met them up with them and we started chatting about it. it never really panned out. But then not long after that, they were raising a round. I participated in that round and invested in the company. I was one of the first people to say yes. Um, I should look at the docs. <laughs> I'm the keeper of all those docs. Now I can see if my signature's first. That'd be fun. But uh, yeah, so I was an investor very early on. And then, you know, it's 10 years old today, but I've been here for five years now. So uh, for half of Time Hop's existence, I've been I've been working there, which is kind of cool. I mean, you know, that's interesting. I still think about how long the company had been around before we we started, but uh, no, man, no, <laughs> it's been around as long now as it had been before I got there. It's kind of crazy, but yeah, it's going well. Uh, a lot a lot going on at work actually. It's it's been busy. It's been good. We did a fun uh like a Zoom. 10 year online zoom, you know, office party yesterday. And it was surprisingly fun. We had some cool online games. It was a good time. Uh, I was deeply skeptical, but <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was fun. Projects are going well. Uh, I've started doing a new time-lapse project. I mean, I'm doing the gardening videos and, uh, you know, we'll talk about that, but, um, I'm not doing the sunrise time lapse anymore. So what I've been doing is I'm, I'm shooting time lapses of my whole day. I'm trying to get like, a, I'm going to try and make a composite. It'll be, you know, we filmed across many days, but it'll be a composite of what a single normal day in my life is like during the pandemic. So like I, I, all I've done so far is I've shot 
three like eight hour long time lapses of the time my work day in the studio right so i set it all up i come in i, I press play and i go i go outside and I, I wait and i come in and i film the whole day in time lapse and i've done it from three angles you know jane works conference calls audio calls all that stuff and uh so i want to continue doing that i want to do like uh breakfast with Jane and I want to do like lunchtime with Jane and Emma and I want to do like dinner time and I want to do like you know daddy watches Jane after dinner and bedtime and and you know getting her out of bed and all that stuff and then edit it together I will film it over many days but then like it'll edit it together to show like how one average day of pandemic looks in time lapse I think that'd be fun I don't know I I it's hard to imagine right now ever wanting to like <laughs> relive this year, right? But uh, someday I might want to be able to show Jane or just remember it or something. I don't know. It's a thing to work on. So I've been doing that. That's kind of fun. Gardening's going great. Uh, I've been, you know, doing YouTube videos of the gardening. They're at YouTube, uh, Rick Webb on YouTube. Uh, and uh, that's been cool. I've done two so far. I'm going to shoot the next one, start it right after this, and then really tomorrow I'll shoot it and edit it. The plants are doing great. Uh, I, I kind of think I may have messed up a little bit, and I did like two full weeks of 24-hour light, and people are saying 16-8 is fine, but I know somebody told me to do it for two weeks of 24 hours. So today I've got the timer. I'm going to switch that on. The humidity domes are coming off today. Uh, I'm going to water them, and uh, that's about it. I think for my video, it should be pretty fun. I was hoping to shred some stuff. I, I might shred. I got my old shredder. I need some paper to shred. I really, I got to get some more carbon into my compost pile. It's like, it's dead at the moment. I mean, it's not totally dead because it's freezing outside in the thermometer and it says like 50, but it's not up in 70 where it needs to be. So I need, to, I'm pretty sure I need way more carbon. And so I'm going to, that's why I got the cardboard shredder and I'm going to start shredding the cardboard that I'm currently taking to the dump. Uh, but I don't have it here yet. And so maybe I'll shred some paper today and get that into the shredder. But that means I have to find a bunch of paper. I don't know. We'll figure that out. Uh, and then I got to add a fan, like an oscillating fan to the seedlings to sort of toughen up their stems. Uh, they're on one of those wire shelves that you can buy, you know, and I bought casters for it, but they're the wrong size, but I need to get casters on it because, you know, not for six weeks, seven weeks, but I, then I'll need to start hardening it up. And now that makes me really glad I did this whole thing in the garage because for hardening up, I can just open the garage door, wheel them out, put them in the sun for a few hours and wheel them back in. It's pretty awesome. I'm very excited for that. So I'm going to try and get replacement casters today. That's on my list. Uh, but yeah, the plants themselves are looking great, man. I mean, if you're interested in this, you can watch the YouTube videos, but um, yeah, I've planted so much stuff, so many different seeds and they're doing great and I'm very excited. Uh, I also talked to the food bank. <laughs> this has been kind of a worry of mine. I've got about 600 plants. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to be able to eat all this food. Uh, but I talked to the food bank. They, they sent me my tax receipt from our donations last year. And I was like, hey, do you guys take homegrown produce? And they're like, we love it. And I was like, great. So now I'm like, I'm going full on community member here. Uh, the first thing I'll do is with extra seedlings, I will probably offer them to different people in the neighborhood. But now I don't really care that much. If they don't want them, I will just uh, plant them anyway, and I will give the, all the produce to the food bank. So I'm very excited about that. I can't tell you how excited I am about that, just to be doing something more. I mean, I give them money. We give them a lot of money. But, like, uh, you know, that makes me happy. Uh, the other big thing is I got all my parts for my drip irrigation. So I'm going to do drip irrigation uh, in two places, up on the patio uh, and then down on these two large birdies bed planters I got for the 
for the backyard. Uh, I'm going to grow my peppers down here because the squirrels and the deer don't like the peppers. So I think it'll be fine. Uh, and they didn't really touch the cucumbers last year, so I'm going to grow them down here. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I just I'm going to go for it. And like if the, if it's really bad with the animals, I'll use I'll be more liberal with my squirrel spray, and maybe I'll put some chicken wire up if the deer get really brave. But I'm not terribly worried about it. Um, yeah, so I got drip irrigation for both areas, half inch pipe, like adjusters, timers, uh, you know, like the, the spiky things that you stick in to like put out the individual drip pipes, uh, the drip emitters. I got the whole system, uh, unless I forgot a part because I didn't buy a kit. I bought individual parts in bulk because it's a lot cheaper if you want a lot of it. And I just felt like that's I've, I, I prefer to do things that way, but that means I might have forgotten a part. So we'll see. Uh, but I'm very excited. And then, you know, Emma has gotten really into the idea that I'm putting the two birdies beds in this sort of mulch pile down uh, behind her house right outside on this like patio on the ground behind the house. And there used to be a bunch of shrubs and stuff in there, but Emma didn't like any when she got rid of them. So now it's just a big pile of mulch. So she's psyched too about these planters going there. But the thing is that mulch bed is irrigated um, with drip tied to the house irrigation. So the first thing I'm gonna do is I'll get the beds irrigated, but then we're going to try and find out where that mulch bed is, dig up the old irrigation pipe because we don't need it because the mulch beds themselves aren't going to get watered, but tap into it with my new drip irrigation and get that. So that's what I want to accomplish this spring. Over time, I want to get the irrigation coming off of rainwater or pond water. And, uh, I don't know, Emma's not psyched about me adding a bunch of rain barrels to her house. She thinks they look ugly. But I'm just taking that as a challenge to find a way to do this without making it ugly. Also, all our gutters right now, they go straight into the ground and then they use drain pipe all the way to the pond. So our entire house drains in the pond. So like I could tap into the the irrigate the the the, the gutters and make rain uh, barrels and then have the rain barrels go to the drip, or I could just learn how to like get a pump, solar powered pump from the pond, and feed the drip system that way. Uh, which in a way I think would be prettier because there would just be like a pump module like underneath the dock or something. And then also if I did that, I could run some water to where the compost bins are. And that's my last project just right before I did this podcast. I'm so excited. I got seven pallets, heat treated, non-chemical treated pallets delivered. Um, that was a whole thing. Everybody's like, pallets are free. Just go or drive around and ask everyone. I'm like, Hey, it's a pandemic. I don't want to drive around. B like, I need seven of them and I can't fit them into my car anyway. So I posted on Chatham chat list, which is like the local news group. <laughs> they still have an email list here. It's awesome. And it worked. Some dude was like, yeah, I'll bring you pallets for 35 bucks. I was like, yeah, dude, I said I would pay in the, the thing. So he brought me seven pallets and I gave him 35 bucks. And I was like, that's awesome. It's $5 a pallet, which is more than zero and pallets are free. But like, you know, this guy got some money. He got rid of some pallets. Like I got pallets. I, I didn't have to like drive them across multiple trips and COVID or rent a car or whatever I would have had to do to get pallets. And, you know, probably bugging neighbor to borrow their truck, but like it's done. So now I'm going to rebuild my compost bins out of pallets, which is sort of the popular way on YouTube and it's cheap and it's easy and sturdy. And my, my, my compost bins are doing the job, but they could be better. So that's happening. I'm very excited about that. So that's gardening. Uh, yeah. Video three this weekend, if you're into it. Uh, yeah. So studio reorg, I haven't really done much. I bought a Ibanez tube screamer off my friend, Nick, which is very exciting. Plugged it into the, uh, the outboard effects analog effects loop for the digital for logic pro, but that's it. I haven't really done much else in the studio. I still think about buying that big shelf, but it's a lot of money and I'm, I don't know. I don't really want to spend it. And uh, my studio is pretty awesome. So I might be done. I might, I might take this off of the topic here, but I'm going to leave it on here in case I change my mind. It's, it's sort of, I don't know. I think about it, but I think that, that, I don't know. Maybe that, that, that a neurosis is passed by. We can forget about it. 
Anyway, that's what's going on with projects. I got some other projects going on, helping some friends with their businesses and, you know, stuff like that. But I can't really talk about a lot of that stuff. So, you know, I am more busy than that sounds, but it's going well. It's going well. No writing, no music, but I'm okay with that at the moment. Um, oh, one thing's kind of funny. In the YouTube videos, I've been using like sort of half recorded songs I made that I'm never going to finish that I was just messing around and I use them for sort of the music for during the montage and time lapse periods. So that's kind of cool. And I got a bunch more of those and I can always make more. So I think the two might symbiotically work together over time. We shall see. Uh, oh, and then one thing about the writing front is, uh, this guy's using my book in a college that he wrote to me. It's pretty awesome. man. I'm going to talk to his class and I think in the spring, no fall semester. Cause I missed this semester, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's like his fifth semester using my book in a class. It makes me really happy. That was kind of like one of my goals. And then plus you get the slow and steady, uh, royalties that way. Right. Not a lot, but they happen all the time. It's pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Media report. Not much to report. Uh, well, you know, uh, I got, <laughs> <laughs> I got one of those spam emails from Amazon. They're like, we think you might want this. And I was like, I do want that. And it was the three movie set of the ultra HD videos of the Simon Pegg collection of hot fuzz, Shaun of the dead and world's end. And I was like, yeah, all right. I want that. So I ripped those and uh, those are up in Plex with all the extras and everything. And they are great. And I'm really excited. Uh, I haven't watched them in a while. So that was nice. And then uh, I got some other new stuff up in Plex, if you're on my Plex. Um, Tammy and the T-Rex, sort of a B-movie comedy horror thing. Denise Richards' first role, and the dude from uh, Paul Walker from the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> I was on a Zoom last weekend with a bunch of friends and my friend Jess out in L.A. I was like, I love this movie. It's on now. It's on Shutter," And she, like, showed us the movie while we were Zooming. And I was like, oh, that's a great movie. I got to get that. Uh, a Foreign Affair from 1948. That was uh, for my friend Og. He wanted to see that. So that's up in there. Uh, better copy of Explorers, if you remember that. You know, old sci-fi film with young Ethan Hawke in it. Uh, I think the rest of these were last week. Uh, 14 days ago, it says. Oh, uh, Mr. Blanding Builds His Dreams House. Old uh, Myrna Loy film. <laughs> And that's about it. Uh, yeah, that's it. I added just those five this week. So, you know, there's some stuff up there if you're interested. Oh, and I added the new Adam Curtis TV series. I haven't watched it yet, but it's up there as well if you want to check that out. Yes. I think we might have a decently short podcast today. This is pretty exciting. I didn't listen to tons of music. I listened to a fair amount, but nothing, you know, nothing crazy. Uh, only sold two CDs. I sold a, a Reiki CD, Merlin's Magic, Reiki, The Light Touch, which I, I, I never had listened to. I think it was Janet's, uh, my mother-in-law. She's a therapist, so maybe she was using it. I don't know. But uh, clearly it's a CD meant to be played in like a massage therapy studio. <laughs> Somebody bought it for a dollar. Uh, I like to imagine there's some like Reiki massage person that always uses the CD and it like broke or something and they don't know how to use MP3s. And so they needed to buy another copy, which doesn't check out because then they would know how to use Discogs, but not MP3s. I don't buy it. But anyway, I sold that. And then I sold Carter to the Unstoppable Sex Machine 30-something. So I sold that about four days ago. And, you know, I sent me this trip down memory lane. I had this girlfriend in college, and that album came out, and I was madly in love with her. And we both like Carter, and we go see Carter shows. We saw a bunch of Carter shows because they, they came like two times to that album. And then they came for the Love album, the album after that. And... uh and I, you know, I really liked them. I think they're always, they're underrated band, like that sort of, uh, that sound in England, that sort of synthesizers plus guitar sound of Pop Lead Itself, Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine, uh, Jesus Jones. They never got enough credit in America or in England for that matter. Probably more credit in America, actually. But, um, 
Uh, anyway, so I sold it and it got to send me down this trip down memory lane. And then like two days ago, <laughs> I also happened to ha follow both of the members of Carter, the unstoppable sex machine, Jim Bob and fruit bat. I follow them both on Twitter. They're both very good at Twitter. But anyway, two days ago, they were doing this anniversary for 30 something because it turns out at 30 something is 20, I guess. Yeah, it must be 20. Um, and so they're doing like a live listening and tweeting of the album. And it was just so funny. Like at a Jim Bob and fruit bat talking about, uh, Carter, the unstoppable sex machine again, Jim Bob, I've mentioned on this podcast, he's got like some good solo stuff actually. But, uh, then I was like, Oh, that's why I decided somebody must've like seen these tweets and realized this album was having an anniversary and a listening party and they missed it and they wanted to listen along and they bought 30 something. I myself have not re-listened to it. Uh, but I'm going to, cause I really loved that record. <laughs> <laughs> so good uh anyway so those are the only two cds i sold got some vinyl um so i'm doing this new thing on discogs i got a bunch of tabs you might have this system in the morning all these tabs i check right like if something's out of stock or like i check my bank balance like the work bank balance how we did on work at the you know the revenue for work uh, the revenue for our clients at work uh you know stuff like that i check all these tabs in the morning and one of the tabs I've been checking, you know, I, I check my backup on Plex, make sure, or on QNAP, make sure the QNAP backed up, there's no problems, I'll got the backblaze, uh, you know, I'm gonna check my next foot Netflix queue, see what the next disc is coming, and uh, anyway, one of the tabs that I've added is a tab showing the new items for sale on Discogs from my want list, sorted price low to high. Um, let's see. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, it's awesome. So, you know, I got all these things in my want list and, uh, I just have this page and I refresh it and every day, any new items that come up on up the cheapest ones I buy, I mean, new ones come up all the time. They're like, I don't want to spend more than like $10, $5 on, on this stuff. You know what I mean? Like if a new copy of is this desire by PJ Harvey on vinyl comes on sale, it's 150 bucks. I'm not going to buy that right now. I'm not like, I don't feel that kind of rich in my life, but if a copy, for example, of, uh, the wedding present seven inch singles number four five and six from the hit parade uh, when he put out one seven inch single a month for 12 months and uh they come up on sale for two dollars each and i don't have four five and six but i have the rest then yeah i'm gonna buy them and i did and it's great so now i have four five and six i'm only missing one more it's been 20 some years they're impossible to find when they came out they're pretty affordable now but i'm missing number seven now but I have the rest. Uh, so that was very exciting. I got the Conjure Me 7-inch by the Afghan Wigs for very little money. Obviously, the cheapest stuff is often going to be singles. Uh, I got the Bark Psychosis a Street Scene 10-inch. That was wildly underpriced because all Bark Psychosis on vinyl is usually hella expensive. But I got that. Very excited. Beautiful red vinyl 10-inch. Uh, and then I got an album by this band Toy I've talked a lot about. It's a shoegaze band. And uh, I got their album Join the Dots on vinyl. And it was it sounds fantastic. So that was really great. Um I got all those for combined, maybe 18 bucks. Made me really happy. Uh, and then my friend Mike Anderson, who runs a record label in the Midwest called Blue Sanct Music. Uh, he's my old roommate. Great guy. And he sent me some old photos from our life in the early 90s. Like, he lived with me up in Alaska for a while. And uh, we were roommates in Boston. And we did a big road trip between the two. And he's paring down his life and scanning all his photos and was like, do you want these old originals? And I was like, yeah, I'll take them. I mean, they're just going to go in a box after I scan any ones I don't have, but I, I still keep such things in boxes. So yeah, send them on. So he did. It was great. So I was on all these phone calls for the last two days, just tons of phone calls for work and stuff. And I'd be sitting in the window 
in my studio on the couch there and I just have this giant stack of like 200 photos for Mike Anderson and I just have been flipping through them and looking at all these old friends and sister and family and people that have passed on and it's just been really great. It's made me really happy. But he also included two Drekka CDs, his band. He's in a band called Drekka. And he included CDs of theirs, two CDs of Drekkas that I don't already have, which is great. I have several of his albums. I have a ton of his old stuff when we lived together and stuff, and we were in a band together for a while. And uh, But I didn't have these two. And, you know, I have his latest, uh, last year, I think, he put out a vinyl album on Deus Records, which is a label of some renown now, but is, uh, you know, the two founders of Deus Records, Gibby and this guy, Ryan. Gibby was an old friend of ours. When Mike and I lived together, Gibby used to come over and buy records from us. So, like, we've known him forever. We've both known him forever. And he released one of Mike's albums on his label last year on vinyl. So I bought that. But I didn't have these two CDs. So they just came in. And I'm very excited for that. I haven't listened to them yet. The package just came in the other day. But, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Mike. That was great. For albums I listened to this two-week period, uh, it's a middling amount. We're not going to plow through 200 albums this week like we have in some other weeks. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a respectable number. Maybe maybe 20. Uh, Kelly Gordon. <laughs> so I was reading a while back, you may recall, the Bobby Gentry 33 and a third book because I'm obsessed with Bobby Gentry. I'm so obsessed with Bobby Gentry. But Kelly Gordon was the A&R man at Capitol Records that signed her and claims he produced uh, Ode to Billy Joe. And he later on went on and had, put out an album of his own. It's called Defunct. And Bobby sings on it. So I had to get it. It's not on Spotify. It's not on YouTube. Got a pretty cheap co- copy of the album. It's pretty bland 70s kind of funk folk. But uh, it's not bad. I like it. And you can hear the Sure enough, in the background, there's Bobby on two tracks. Kind of cool. Uh, then I told you the whole story of Slap Happy. Uh, this actually should have gone in the CD section. But uh, you, you recall Slap Happy is the German Kraut, uh, Kraut rock band that originally wrote Blue Flower, best known as a song by both Mazzy Star and the Pale Saints. They also wrote a song called The Drum that I've known my whole life as a song by Bongwater, but it turns out both of them were covers of this band Slap Happy. I have talked about this last episode because there were two Slap Happy albums on Spotify, but the album that has both the drum or that has Blue Flower was not on Spotify or YouTube or anywhere or for sale on Discogs for less than $60, but it was for sale on Amazon for $12 and I bought the CD and it actually showed up. I was pretty convinced this was like some, you know, flippers algorithm gone awry and they're just going to reject my order. But it showed up very quickly, too, in like three days. So I listened to it. It's fine. Sure enough, it's got a cover of Blue Flower on it. Not a fan of Slap Happy's musical style. That's not my kind of kraut rock, which is shocking because uh, many members of Noi actually back Slap Happy. But the album is called Sort Of, and I ripped it, and I put it back for sale on Discogs. I kind of thought it was going to sell really quick because all the copies for sale are like $60, and I just put it up for like 12 because I only paid like 13 for it. Uh, but it hasn't sold, but I don't care. I ripped it. I've got it. I'm happy. My slap happy obsession is over. I am no longer embarrassed. I didn't know this fact. Took care of it. Paul Leary, who is the lead singer of the Butthole Surfers, put out really what is his first solo album ever. He's got like a 15, 20 years ago, he made like a solo EP. But this is an album and it's kind of, it's, it's funny. It's not punk rock. It's not like hardcore like the Butthole Surfers, but lyrically, it's in the same style of the Butthole Surfers. Musically, it's more, a little bit more uh, bossa nova samba hilarity. Not quite. I mean, we're not talking like combustible Edison or anything like that, but it was a fun listen. I enjoy it. It's on Spotify. Uh, Born Stupid is probably the best song, which is the, self, uh, the title track, but uh, I enjoyed it. I do not regret buying it. 
uh, Black Country New Road. I got to get this on vinyl. I only listen, listen to it on Spotify. I'm obsessed with this band. They're so good. I've mentioned them before. But their first sort of EP album, it's either a short album or a long EP. I don't know what they're considering it. But it's called For the First Time, and it's so good. And I love it, and I've been listening to it a ton. It makes me very happy. So I got to get that on vinyl. The Weather Station album came out. I've been listening to the song Robber for most of the year and into late last year. Didn't know anything about him. I think I picked it up from uh, Luke O'Neill's best of list at the end of the year, maybe. But because they did have an album before. This is Weather Station's second album. It's called Ignorance, but I hadn't heard of their first album. I just knew this one song, Robber. It was in my Star Tracks, but uh, it was a lead single from this album, Ignorance, that came out last week. And it's great. I strongly recommend it. Very mellow. A little bit of Perfume Genius going on there. Uh, no, uh, not Perfume Genius. The other band that I mix up with Perfume Genius all the time. <laughs> I'm going to pause and remember this. Oh, right. I mean, London grammar. It's like a more serious and intense London grammar. That's what I would call the weather station. Really, really like it, though. Uh, His Name is Alive has a new album, sort of. Uh, I've been listening to His Name is Alive for, oh, my God, probably 30 years now. I think I bought my first. I remember vividly it happening. I was at that record store in Harvard Square, the one that's like on Mass Ave going towards Central Square on the left, down in a base, Second Coming. I was at Second Coming Records with Mike Anderson, actually, mentioned earlier. We would go to every record store in Harvard Square every Saturday. And I was flipping through the new releases, and I saw this beautiful cover, and I was like, oh my God, what is this? It just looks beautiful. And I flipped it over, and it was on 4AD, and... I was like, okay, so I, I'm just buying this <laughs> because I was already obsessed with 4AD from the comic shop in my hometown. I wrote about that recently. There was a small comic shop and they had one bin of records and it was like how I discovered almost everything early in my life, you know, Cocteau Twins, This Mortal Coil, like, uh, I mean, stuff like the Jesus and Mary Chain and Echo and the Bunny Man, I got through Friends, Love and Rockets, but the, especially the 4AD stuff, the more ethereal stuff, the more goth stuff. Uh, I discovered the, at the comic shop. Anyway, so when I saw this record, I was like, oh, my God, I don't know anything about this band, but it's on 4AD. I'm going to instant buy it. And in hindsight now, you know, I mean, now 30 years later with uh, like the just amazing body of work that Warren DeFever's done and how he feels about Ivo sort of chopping up his 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 work to make his debut album, Livonia. It's sort of like, uh, you know, maybe a little embarrassing to say that's how you got into uh, His Name is Alive, but I, I'm not embarrassed about it. I followed his career through the 4AD period, all his weird stuff, ESP Summer, all his, you know, stuff with all his, like, uh, Ian Masters from the Pale Saints, all the, a lot of the collaborations. We, like, we follow each other on Twitter to this day. Like, um, just always been really into his name is alive and you know he's been doing a lot of guitar escape ambient stuff these last few years which i've mentioned on this podcast in the past but he's got a new one and and, uh it's called hope is a candle and it's interesting one song on there is sort of like a a guitar riff sort of loop from the song summon i off of livonia the debut album by his name is alive that came out in like 1991 and i was just like oh my god this is crazy but most of them are other sort of new i I think he's mining his back catalog of like home recordings and stuff he had put out a two volume home recording thing i haven't investigated this one uh it's clearly the exact same sort of loop and not redone i think i don't know but uh i enjoyed it a lot and i'm a big his name is alive fan so if you're looking for something ambient and mellow strong recommend uh, listen to this album, this band Bored at Grandma's House. Sometimes I forget you're human too. I don't remember anything about it, but I just said, that's great on my notes. So I guess I really liked that. I meant to make a note about it. Oh God. Yeah. Sorry about that. You know what? I'm going to pause and listen to it real quick. 
Okay, I'm back. I remember that album now. It was great. It's a very pretty dream pop female vocalist, uh, kind of shoegazy. Really, really liked it. And I'm glad I went and checked because I forgot two albums. One of them was the new Pretty Reckless album. <laughs> uh, Taylor Momsen, who you may remember from Gossip Girl back in the day. She's always had a heavy metal band. Uh, and they saw her at Tizwa's back <laughs> during that period. <laughs> I've actually seen the Pretty Reckless live like two or three times. It's just straight ahead LA rock and roll. I love it. And so is the new album. It's more of that. And I'm into it. Uh, and then Fawning, Illusions of Control, which I forgot about too. It's a dark synthy album with a female vocalist that was really great. Uh, strong recommend on the Fawning album if you're into the synth thing. New Django Django album, Glowing in the Dark, is very good. It's interesting. It's weird. It's not like other Django Django, but it's 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 interesting. It's good. It makes me think, and I need to listen to it a few more times, but I really liked it. I've given it like two or three listens already. And yeah, there's a lot going on in that album, a lot of different styles and, and different approaches, and it makes me really happy. Sarah Mary Chadwick, me and on we are friends, baby. Uh, singer-songwriter, woman, pretty good, a little bit dark, gave it two listens, liked it. Not a ton. I didn't love it. I liked it, but I, it was good. Uh, the new, there's a new Martin Gore EP. Martin Gore, of course, the head main songwriter in Depeche Mode. My my sister's very excited. Uh, we have a couple mutual friends, so I've heard some tracks from this already. It's called the Third Chimpanzee EP. It's most it's instrumental and it's um, you know, it's kind of monkey themed. <laughs> it's a concept EP, dark synth pop around monkeys. Uh, I like it a lot. There's a new Steve Earle album. Very sad. It's called JT. It's Steve Earle doing the songs of his son who's passed away. Uh, and uh, yeah, I may have cried listening to that. I'm not going to lie. Uh, sounds like a Steve Earle album with a little bit of like Sturgill Simpson, a little bit of ZZ Top rock. More rocking than Steve is normally. And it's clearly clear his son's got a little bit more of a sort of the Texas, uh, you know, ZZ Top 13th Floor Elevators kind of vibe to his songs. I'm actually going to go. I've never listened to uh, JT. I think it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know, JT Earl. Is that his name? Justin Earl? I can't remember. But uh, I've never listened to him, so I think I'm going to check him out now. Uh, the KLF. KLF are one of my most obsessed. I am a KLF obsessive. Uh, not so much of the music, but of course all the art and the stunts and the publicity stunts. Uh, KLF were deeply influential on my company, The Barbarian Group. I... Uh, KLF, Bill Drummond makes an appearance in two of the three books I've written. Uh, I have art by Bill Drummond on my wall, multiple pieces. Uh, just always very obsessed. And one of the things they did, uh, you know, perhaps best known, well, they're still very much best known for their music. They had like five top 10 hits in America in the span of two years. But, um, you know, another thing is they built, they burned a million dollars, million pounds actually. Uh, took all their money out of the bank that they earned from songwriting, burned it, and <laughs> just burned it, and then deleted their back catalog, and it was unavailable for years. Uh, but they have added, they are now on streaming services. The KLF are coming back. So they've put two albums on Spotify. One is called Solid State Logic One, uh, which is a studio pun, because SSL is Solid State Logic is a company that makes mixers for high-end studios but uh that's kind of their greatest hits album it's got all the hits you would know from you know 3am eternal what time is love all that stuff justified and ancient and then they put another album on there which is come down dawn which is a reworking of two things one their famous chill out album called chill out one of the pioneering albums of the English chill out <laughs> movement in clubs. Uh, and it also had reworks five of the chill out mixes of what time is love and kind of reworks them into one single album. It removes uh, 
the KLF were very notorious for sort of illegally using samples at the dawn of the sampling age without clearing them. And so Chill Out has been unavailable forever. I actually own it on cassette. <laughs> I, think I, own the, I think I own the vinyl too. But, um, you know, they could not re-release it on the streaming services because they never cleared the samples and they got in a bunch of trouble for it. So they finally reworked the album, taken out all the samples that were unallowed and mixed it into, along with the Chill Out mixes from What Time Is Love single, which are barely What Time Is Love. And uh, made it into a new album and they retitled the whole thing and sort of now it's called uh, Come Down Dawn and it is on Spotify as well. So I listened to both of those, uh, technically not new albums, but also new albums. So I'm very excited the KLS back. Uh, this is this is this is exciting for me. Danielle Durack, No Place. I don't remember it. Mm, Danielle Durack. Uh, oh, actually, yeah, that was really good. I listened to it right after the Sarah Mary Chadwick, and they kind of blended together, but I liked it better. It was a little bit more sparkling, a little bit, I wouldn't say upbeat, but uh, just uh, another singer-songwriter, uh, and it was it was a little, maybe a little bit more country. That was kind of a lark. I just sort of saw, like, one-line review of it somewhere. I was like, I'll check it out, and it was actually good. It deserves a few more listens. I gave the new Weezer and the new Foo Fighters a listen. I've never actually been a big Weezer or Foo Fighters fan. <laughs> I mean, there's songs I like by both of them, right? But, um... You know, not my thing, but I was like, I'm going to listen to both these albums. And uh, I, I start a song or two off of both of them. OK Human is the name of the Weezer album. Foo Fighters, the last song of the Foo Fighters album, Medicine at Midnight. I really like that. Medicine at Midnight is the name of the album. Can't remember the name of the last song, but there's, you know, they were worth a listen. Uh, Katie Kirby, Portals. Uh, Katie Kirby's very country. She's like a rockin' version of, of Mountain Man, which I've talked about a lot and I'm obsessed with. Uh, yeah, that was a great record. Uh, and then... The new Mogwai came out yesterday. I had such a busy day, and I was like, all I wanted to do was just listen to the whole new Mogwai album. And I did get through it, but it was like in places here and there. There's, I liked it a lot, but and I listened to a lot of it again this morning. But I haven't spent enough time with it. I ordered the vinyl, but it's not here yet, so I've been only listening to it on Spotify. Uh, they sent me the, um, the download card, but whatever. Um, yeah, I like it. It's more Mogwai. There's nothing, I mean, there's nothing... It's just more of them. Right? It's, sometimes you get a new Mogwai album, and you're like, oh, they're going a little pop, or oh, they're singing again, and there's something kind of different about it. This one is not. It's great. It's I was very similar, akin to like the Hawk is Howling, I would say. But yeah, man, I fucking love that band. They are the greatest live band in the world, and I wish to God I could see them right now. That would make me so happy. Even my wife is moved by them live. I remember one time, I, I mean, my wife has seen Mogwai like seven times against her will. But <laughs> but she gets it. One time we were watching them at, at uh, Kutcher's at All Tomorrow's Parties, and she was like, this is like going to church. And I was like, yes, it is. It was great. Uh, and then this morning I listened to the new X-Ray album, E-X-R-E, X-Ray, it's pronounced. I always thought it was X-Ray. But uh, she re-released, uh, or she redid X-Ray, the X-Ray, the album, with an ensemble. So it's called X-Ray with 12 Ensemble, and it was beautiful. I gave it one listen this morning, and I was just like, oh my god, this is so good. So that's going to be on heavy rotation this week, along with the Mogwai. Bunch of new singles. Uh, Mountain Man's been doing a cover series, actually. I didn't know about this, but they're great. They've covered, like... Uh, John Denver, they've covered Wilco, they've covered Casey Musgrave. So I've been listening to all those covers. They were really great. Um, Metric has been doing these alternate, more acoustic versions of their songs. I've been listening to those. Sharon Van Etten had a new single. I've been listening to that. Advanced Bass, uh, which I love. Uh, Advanced Bass used to be known as Cassio Tone for the Painfully Alone. Really, really big fan. He's got a new single which was very exciting. Uh, a friend of mine hit me to this band called The Hummingbirds, uh, Australian sort of dream pop band from the 80s. They have got one thing on Spotify called Kitchen. I really enjoyed that. 
Um, what else? Oh, Baby Queen. Very into Baby Queen. My friend Alice just hit me to her. She's English. She's doing these sort of like club jams. <laughs> There's a uh, new Matt Brenniger from the National song called Let It Be that I just checked out last night that was really good. I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Django Django, pretty regular. It's funny. Weather Station, Board of My Grandma's House, Advanced Base, uh, Black Country. Nope, that's it. That is what's up with music for the last two weeks. Good stuff. This week will probably just be all Mogwai over and over again because they're like literally my top five favorite bands of all time. Uh, television, let's see. We watch a lot of TV. We're back on it. Um, we watched the two available episodes of Adventure Time Distant Lands. Oh, suddenly, as I'm saying this, I think that was more than two weeks ago, and I already told you guys this. That might be the case, but uh, I'm going to tell you again. It was great. They are sort of like spinoffs in the future. They don't follow Jake and Finn so much as other characters. The first one's about Bimo. The second one's about Princess Bubblegum and Marceline. And they're 90 minutes instead of 15 minutes. And there's only two out and they're on HBO Max. And I really enjoy them. It was like going back to see old friends. And it made me very happy. We are watching The Umbrella Academy now. That took us for weeks to pick a new show. And we finally got around to it. That's sort of like the one show we watch when we have some time together. And, uh... We picked that. We were five episodes in, and I am enjoying it. Uh, everybody says season two is better, and if it's better, then that's great because season one is pretty good. It it's, uh, gets almost a little formula formulaic here and there, and some of the plot twists I've that found to be a little predictable, and it is just bordering on being too art directed into like uh, you know kitschy meets uh, Wes Anderson that I do not like. Sort of like the. Uh, Series of unfortunate events on Netflix. I don't like over art directed stuff. It bugs me, but it's not there. It's only there's a character that's into that sort of stuff. And that's different than the whole show being that way. I feel like, you know, uh, we're watching WandaVision, which I'm really enjoying. It is pretty solid. And we're still watching MSNBC for the news. We uh, impeachment trial was before this, right? I don't have to talk about the impeachment trial. Well, we watched it all that. I'm not going to talk about it. And SNL, we are watching that. I got to clean out my TV notes and start fresh next week. But uh, yeah, really right now it's the Umbrella Academy and WandaVision and the news. We still watch a lot of news because we're horrified about what was going on in Texas. And, you know, I want to see a stimulus bill passed. And I wish that Merrick Garland could get confirmed. Anyway, yeah, you know, so a lot of news still. So here and there we were watching WandaVision half hour a week and then Umbrella Academy when we can. Uh, but you know, and then my other time I just watch a lot of YouTube, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of architectural documentaries about earth ships, which are these like zero energy, like houses built into the earth, like that don't require like heat and cooling and water and they're all like, you know, self-sustaining and I'm really obsessed with them. I've been watching a lot of sort of, uh, documentaries on greenhouse design and construction, especially in like cold weather this guy in montreal built a greenhouse that raises his plants three zones and he can grow citrus trees in montreal and it made me really exciting i really want a greenhouse i think i figured out where i could put a lean-to style greenhouse on the side of the house it's south facing and there's good room but it's a non-traditional size so i could not buy a prefab greenhouse so i'd have to get somebody to build it i don't know how i'm gonna pull that off but i was watching a lot 
sort of fantasizing I could build it myself, but it's too intricate for my skill set. I have I have carpentry skills, but they are rudimentary at best. Uh, but yeah, a lot of greenhouse, a lot of drip animation and drip irrigation videos, trying to figure out my whole drip system. A lot of seed planting videos to make sure I'm not doing anything wrong with my seeds. I think I want to learn next, uh, you know, welding. I'm kind of getting a little obsessed with welding. And I want to start out if I can get a solar-powered pump on the pond to get water from the pond. That's another thing I'm going to be watching some YouTube videos about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's about it for YouTube. That's about it for TV. We only watched two movies. We watched the Britney Spears documentary. I couldn't decide if that was a movie or TV because everybody was calling it a documentary and a movie. But then when we went up there, it's actually episode one of a new series by the New York Times. And the other ones look good, too. But we've only watched the first one. We watched the Britney one. I was pretty informed about the Britney thing. Um, I've been following it. I've been a, weirdly a Britney fan my whole life. Well, not my whole life, but her whole career. <laughs> I saw the baby one more time to her. But... <laughs> Yeah, so I knew a lot of it, but not all of it, and I'm just glad it's getting the attention it is, and yeah, so there's that. And then I rewatched Justice League, <laughs> because the trailer for uh, Zack Snyder's four-hour cut of Justice League just came out, and I was watching these trailer breakdowns about it, because I subscribed to a few of those trailer breakdown channels, like New Rock Stars and Heavy Spoilers and Screen Rant. And uh, I just was watching. It. I was like, I don't remember any of this in the movie. And I was like, well, maybe it's the new stuff. And then but he like, you know, uh, it was Eric Voss. He was like showing things and he knew what they were because clearly they're already in the movie. And I was like, OK, I don't remember any of this. And it was against my better judgment. But I, I'm going to watch the four hour version because I think. My, my old boss, John Shu, who's uh, Facebook friends with me, was talking about on Facebook. He's like, there's just never been anything like this. We get to see two different directors' vision of the same thing. We, you know, somebody revisiting their work that far in the past and getting so much extra budget and time. It is a very unique cinematic event. I give it that. It's, you know, it's not Godfather Redux or Apocalypse Now Redux or whatever Godfather 3 is, Coda or whatever they're calling the new Godfather 3. I got to get that. I got to watch that too. But, um, it is interesting, so I will watch it, but I, I was I decided I needed to watch the old one again because I didn't remember any of it because it wasn't good. And you know what? Actually, I'm going to say there's a lot about that movie that isn't that bad. And it, uh, I know Joss Whedon is canceled for the third time this week. Uh, he was canceled to recap Joss Whedon's cancellations. He was canceled about three years ago when his wife went on about how he was having affairs and he was very a bad man, and that just barely made a ripple. And then he was canceled a second time, uh, because of Justice League and some of the character, the actors in it said he treated him badly and it kind of didn't go great, but it did sort of start dying down, but it just came back with a vengeance. And basically everybody he's ever worked with is just ripping on him now. No concrete, like, you know, assault charges or anything, just being an asshole and maybe slightly racist. Definitely not good. Um, but, <laughs> Uh, it'll be interesting to see, right? He did so many rewrites on this film and it was kind of like the dialogue was pretty snappy in places. And so it'll be interesting to see if Zach keeps some of that or if some of that was Zach to begin with. Uh, so I'm just academically curious enough to watch a four plus we're in the middle of pandemic. What else are we going to do with our lives? Right? Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. And then on books, um, I finished the Kill Switch, The Rise of the Modern Senate and the Crippling of American Democracy by Adam Gentleson. Uh, God, I feel like I talked about this. Well, I did talk about it last week, but I, 
But it's done. Uh, Phil Buster's evil. Uh, Mitch McConnell's awful. Uh, George Calhoun, George C. Calhoun, uh, Dick Russell. They got to get his name off that building. I think I've talked about all this. But uh, I finished that. And then I read a book about estate sale DIY from my old friend and bandmate, Annie Smith. Annie lives up in New England, and she does a lot of eBay consignment and estate sale stuff for her job. And she published a book about it. And, you know, I just kind of bought it on a lark because she's a friend. And I was like, yeah, support your friend. But I read it and it was actually very interesting. I mean, I don't know if it'd be interesting to everybody, but I have a lot of junk. And as you know, at the beginning of each year, I write this long email for my wife on how she's going to, you know, how she could dispose of my junk. I plan on disposing of all of my junk before I die if I live a long time. But were I to have an untimely death, I wanted to have my wife have the ability to know how to get rid of my stuff right and i give her options i'm like if you want to make a lot of money because some of this stuff's worth money here are the people to talk to if you want somebody to just come in and get rid of it all this is what you do and so actually in reading this book was very interesting to me plus as a collector it's interesting to see what other stuff that's collectible is worth money and what's not and how a lot of things that we thought were collectible are not like beanie babies and baseball cards and comics I'm pretty sure it's going to happen to records by the way the market's just going to collapse in records but i don't really care i don't buy records to like for the value uh, anyway, it's a very interesting book, and uh, especially the like sort of how to run an estate sale and and the pricing methodologies and the display methodologies. It's very short; it's like a hundred and some pages. I read it in two nights, but I I do recommend it if you if you're looking for that sort of thing. It's uh, you know, estate sale DIY by Annie Smith. And now I am reading the uncollected stories of Alan Garganus. Alan Garganus is a well noted author. He is the author of uh, the oldest Confederate living widow, to, uh, oldest living Confederate widow tells all. Studied under John Cheever at the Iowa Writers Workshop. First man to ever publish a short story in The New Yorker with a gaming character. Uh, and he just published a book of short stories. He lives not far from me. He lives in Hillsboro, so that's up on the other side of Chapel Hill. And most of his stories take place in this fictional town called Falls, North Carolina. So, you know, I, I really feel like I am living this, but they're great. They're, it's great. One of them is uh, the first, the opening short story is about a pandemic, actually. And, you know, old olden days pandemic, cholera. But uh, very timely. <laughs> and it was published in The New Yorker last year, and now it's in this book. And uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm about four stories into this book, about more, a little over halfway, but I'm, I'm very much enjoying it. So I have decided I'm going to read a lot of the paper books piling up on my nightstand. It's getting out of control again. So Annie's book and this Alan Garganis book were on my nightstand. Um, I don't know if I'll keep going on the paper books after these two, but I just needed to at least tame that stack a little bit. You know what I mean? Well, I said this one was going to be a little bit shorter, and it was. We've been going pretty solidly over an hour the last few episodes. This one's only 54 minutes, so yeah, I guess that's shorter, right? Thanks for listening, guys. I'll talk to you guys in two weeks. I hope you're holding up okay. Drop a line. Say hi. I'd love to know how you're doing. Take care. <laughs>